Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today is City Care Sunday and so all the proceeds for all the sales uh, through the storehouse today will go towards City Care and, um, and really what we're doing is we're just sort of making more room for, for more resource to come. And so, but today is City Care Sunday and so just want to encourage you to to walk through the lobby and check it out. There's one specific thing out there that I'd love for you to look at and maybe pray about now before you leave is buying someone a meal. And so we have a buy a meal drive happening today at the coffee in the coffee bar section, but you can buy a meal for someone um, that'll be either within our, within our church community or outside of our church. And so you can do that today. That's, that's something that we do on City Care Sunday, but we're also profiling all the different uh, partners that we uh, partner with organizations we're uh, connected to and we've got this card out there that you can check out you can pick it up we've got 19 different organizations as a church um, that we partner with and so some of them are just incredible organizations that that mean that when we give as a church are really this is the the burden that Jill and I have for City Care Sunday is that you would understand that you are the church did you hear me say that you are the church. And so when you give, when you bring your resource, when you bring your gift, when, 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 we, when we're faithful to the Lord and we bring it into the house of God, that we extend out from the house of God and really impact the world. And so, um, you know, I'll just read a couple of them. But Alpha Amigo, Miracle Home here locally. Now that's for domestic abuse survivors. Christian Surfers um, is an amazing organization. We partner with them to reach the beach community, surf community. Um, Convoy of Hope is another one that does disaster relief around the world. Um, what else is on here? Uh, Reboot Recovery, which is incredible. Fantastic um, partner of our churches, and they're doing an incredible job helping veterans that are experiencing trauma. And uh, I love this particular ministry. Is, is Rich here? Rich Mendez? Stand up, Rich. I want everyone to see Rich. Come on. Rich Mendez. He's an amazing guy, and so that's an example of a, of a partner uh, organization and uh, that's just making a difference, you know, in people's lives. And so when we give, we're giving to, to see those organizations do well and reach people, and so it's just exciting. So check those out. Um, we're profiling them today, and we're really believing that you'll catch the heart that, that when we're the church, we're the church. And when we give, you know, people's lives are changed, not just here in the room, but also out there as well. Amen. Awesome. Well, if you brought your Bible, open with me to Matthew 25. Um, we've got these miracle offering envelopes that are on your seat as well. Had plenty of messages from last weekend. People that weren't able to be in church, didn't come necessarily prepared for it, but were asking to be able to give. So we're going to have these on the seats. And the miracle offering is open for a few weeks. So if you still want to give towards that, you can uh, online as well. But that's why that's there. And we just are so grateful for Miracle Offering Sunday and can't wait to tell more about that in the coming weeks. Well, in Matthew 25, which is our text for today, Jesus is telling a story and he's, he's coming towards the end of his earthly ministry. This is towards right towards the end of the Gospel of Matthew. And, um, and this is where he's actually sharing with his disciples about things that are coming. And he's talking to them specifically about his own return. And he tells this parable, starting in verse 1, it says, The kingdom of heaven 
will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up, prepared their lamps, and the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for all of us, so go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. I want to preach a message today. This is a title, very important message for our church. Write this down. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we're grateful that it speaks to us, it pours into us. But Lord, we can read your word and we can understand the things that are coming. We can see the provision in your word, Lord, of what's ahead. And so God, prepare our hearts. Speak to us today, Holy Spirit. Give us a word Give us whatever we need to to encounter these times and to know what's coming through the lens of your word, Lord. We look nowhere else but the provision and the treasury that is your scripture, the word. And Father, we thank you for kids as well as they experience your presence in all in in kids today. We pray you'd bless them in Jesus' name. And we all said, we confess certain things as believers. As Christians, we're confessional Christians. We say some things. We confess some things. We declare some things. We say things like, Jesus is Lord. We say, Jesus is King. We say, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is the Christ. Being a Christian means at some point, you're going to have to confess to who Jesus is. But there's something else that we also confess that I want to talk about today that I believe is vitally important, and that is that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. So I want to talk to you today because this is so important. It's always important, but I want to talk today specifically about Jesus coming back, the second coming of Jesus Christ. We serve a God who hasn't left us here. It's important. That's part of our confession. It's important because, man, that gives us comfort. It's important because we serve a God who loves us and he's not going to leave us where we are. We know this because Jesus said it himself. He actually says it in the, in the Gospel of John, specifically in John, it says this in verse 14, uh, sorry, chapter 14, verse 3, he says, And if I go to prepare a place for you, look at these words, may they comfort you today. I will come again. Yeah. I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. I don't know about you, but 
That gives me a lot of comfort. That gives me a lot of hope. That makes me feel like everything's going to work out. Because my Jesus, come on somebody, said to me through his word that he's going to prepare a place for you. I don't know about your place, but my place is going to be awesome. (laughs) My place is going to have everything I like in it because Jesus loves me. And this I know because the Bible tells me so. But when we're approaching these things and we're thinking about Jesus coming back, I just want to help our church today. I want to teach you today. You always use Jesus' words as the ultimate clarification. If you're thinking about, if if you're in the Old Testament or if you're in the New Testament or if you're somewhere in Scripture and you're looking at things, you're trying to work things out, always find your way back to what Jesus said because he always provides perfect clarity. We know that Jesus is coming back because we have his words. We know the ending. We know he's victorious. I've been watching what's been going on in Israel these past four weeks. And I've just been hurting for God's people. I've been watching it with, with such angst and processing it myself with the Lord and thinking about the people on the other side of the border that are also the innocent people that are getting affected by this and hurting for them too. Make no mistake, this is an an attack that's orchestrated by the devil himself. It's an evil thing that's happening to God's people. This isn't a regular war. This is different because this is God's people. And the enemy knows that Jesus is coming back, so he wants to wipe God's people off the face of the planet. But God won't allow it. So we're watching what's happening, and then it leads us to do three things. The first is we wonder. I wonder, what what, what is God doing here? In response to this, what is happening here? You have to wonder what's going on. The times and to see what's happening and to, to consider what it all means. And, op- and this is an opportunity for the church, by the way. This is, a, this is an amazing opportunity for the church to preach the gospel and to tell the good news and to talk about grace, but also to tell people that Jesus is coming back. So you've got to wonder, but also you've got to pray. I want to encourage you to pray for God's people. Pray for the Jewish people. Pray for the innocent that are affected. Pray that evil will be overcome. Pray that breakthrough takes place. Pray for peace. It says in Psalm 122, verse 6, this is the mandate on us as believers. Look what it says. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. So you've got to pray. You've got to pray in these times. You've got to be in in, in prayerful consideration and wonder of what God is doing. But then you've got to trust. You've got to trust that God's got it all worked out. And he does. And maybe you walked in here today and this last few weeks has got you a little bit rattled and you're a little bit unsure and there's some anxiety maybe creeping in. Can I just encourage you? God's got everything under control. He's still sovereign. He still, he still holds everything. He's still got a plan. Amen. But this is part of our confession. This is something that we know to be true. Theologically, this is called the doctrine of last things. What I'm talking about today, the return of Christ, the, the, the fulfillment of his coming. And maybe this is new to you today. Maybe you're a brand new Christian. I'm so glad you're in church today. I'm so glad that you're here because you just recently joined the winning team. 
And some of these things you need to know. And as your pastor, I want to be faithful behind the pulpit and tell you some things, okay? And point number one is this. We're going to start with this. Jesus will come back. You need to know this. This needs to be part of your confession. When's the last time you said to someone, my Jesus is coming back for me? I, I say it a lot. I'm just like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I just know Jesus is coming back for me. He loves me that much. I know it. He'll be back. But Jesus will come back. This is our confession. We know this because Jesus says it right here. I want, I want, you to, show, I want to show you something in this text that maybe you've never seen before. It's in verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will. This is one of the few times that Jesus, when he's talking about heaven, uses future tense. All you grammar people out there love it, don't you? But in other parables, he says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Here, he says, this is what the kingdom of heaven will be like. It will be like this. And he talks about five wise bridesmaids and he talks about five little foolish. And he goes and tells this story about what it's going to be like. Just before this, he talks about how it's going to be like the days of Noah, when people are just enjoying their lives, being given in marriage, going about their everyday life and knew what no one knew it was going to happen and it happened and they were swept away. But he's talking about this is what it will be like. And he's trying to get the hearers to pay attention and to notice some things. He says, this is what it'll be like when I come. He doesn't say, this is what the heaven is like right now. He says, this is what it will be like when I come. And this reminds us and, and helps us and warns us today that Jesus is coming back. He's talking about the coming time when he will come. Make no mistake. He is coming back. This is part of our, this is what we say this is who we are. We're people that believe that Jesus is coming back. He's talking about a time that's coming, even though we're in the in-between right now. Even though there might be some, some uncertainty in the world right now, there's no uncertainty for us. Things might be uncertain for people that are in the world, but, but, but we as Christians know what's going on. We're in the in-between. And Jesus is coming back because he said, he will. So Jesus says it, uses words to say it. It's very clear. But then the Apostle Paul says it as well. The Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Thessalonica, a church that was persecuted, that was marginalized, that was struggling. They were wrestling with people that had been killed literally for the faith. And they, were, they had this, this, this yearning on their heart to know what was going to take place and to know how this was all going to end. So 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul says this. By the way, the Apostle Paul was caught up to the third heaven. That's three heavens higher than you and me. But this is what he says. He, he literally, he, he, it's, it's amazing to me how, how much this lines up with what Jesus said. Okay, read it, read it with me. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, speaking about the feast that hasn't been fulfilled yet, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, we who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord. I want you to write this word down, this Greek word, parousia. I'm going to teach you some Greek today. 
parousia. This is the predominant word all through the New Testament that describes the coming of Jesus. And this word talks about a formal welcoming ceremony, an entrance moment, a going out to welcome a king. And the the picture we're given when you study this word is it's like um, a king conquering a kingdom. There would be this moment of parousia when the people of the city would go out literally to line up the streets and literally would be out there outside of the city welcoming the king in. And God would have New Testament writers use this very word for a reason because it's an arrival. And he says, we will be caught up. We will go and meet the Lord in the air. It's going to be a big old reunion in that moment. It says, the dead in Christ will rise first. Anyone you've ever lost that's gone on before you, it says that they will go first and we will follow and we're going to have a big old praise party in the air. And I don't know what the cloud's going to be like, but it's going to be a nice cloud. I'm going to be right there. But it's a parousia. It's, it's, it's a celebration of Jesus coming back, a formal welcoming of our king in his brand new kingdom, a great meeting up in the air. I was watching this reel, I think, of this. Have you seen this sphere in Las Vegas, this dome that's there? And they're having events in there, and they used it to, to, to uh, you know, talk about the World Series this week. And there was this one picture that kind of arrested me this week. And it was right back in this huge amphitheater, in this big dome, in this big sphere. And they threw up this picture of being up in the clouds, Thousands of people, it was like literally everyone was lifted up into the clouds. And I remember in that moment, the Holy Spirit saying, it's going to be nothing like that. It's going to be way better than anything this world has ever seen. And you can go to the sphere in Vegas. You can go somewhere else to try to get your fill. You can try to find the thing that's going to fulfill you. Nothing will fulfill you more than when Jesus comes back and we're with him in the air. Jesus will come back. And so number two, we've got to be ready. Are you ready? Do you know what Jesus coming back means for you? Do you understand today that we serve a God who returns for us, but that puts a onus and responsibility on us to be ready for him? to be ready in that moment, to to be prepared. And he tells this story because he wants us to be ready. He wants us to be prepared. He doesn't want us to be caught off guard. He doesn't want us to be going away to some store to try to get some oil. He wants us to be ready when it happens. And we have to be ready. When Jesus gives warnings in the Bible, we should pay attention. And he's saying, this is what it's going to be like. Just like in the days of Noah, this is what it's going to be like. Will you be ready? How is your readiness? There are a lot of, pe- lot of reasons why people skip over this in life. That why people don't confront the gospel and the message of Jesus and don't get their hearts right with God and don't, don't come around to it. And obviously there's hurt in people's backgrounds. There's often hurt in a lot of people's backgrounds. But there's lots of different reasons Some people say that God is only for religious and spiritual people. It's not. It's for everyone. A lot of people just think it's reserved for a few somebodies. I used to think that. I grew up in a very, very worldly, secular thing where the view of people who are spiritual was it's only just for a few people. 
that if they were good enough and they were born like that and they came from that area and they had that line, then that was for them. But that's just such a lie from the pit. That's a spirit of religion. It's for everyone. Romans 10 and verse 12, for everyone. (laughs) I'm just preaching the word today. I'm just saying it. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for that will right there. Everyone. People say, well, I'm too much of a sinner for that God business. And if I walk into that building, the roof's going to cave in. Be like, no, 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 the building will be just fine. You're not that special. Come on in. But people think that it's because they've lived some certain type of life that, 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 that they're too far gone. I think if you're deep in sin right now, you're actually the perfect candidate for grace. Because the Bible says in Romans 5 verse 20, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And if you think you, you, you just not worthy, then congratulations, you've arrived at a great revelation. You're not worthy. None of us are. But that's grace. It's unmerited favor of God, never deserved, but given anyway. And we get to live in it and we get to have it and we get to walk in it. The more you walk with Jesus, the more you realize his grace. And the more you realize it for other people as well. That's why we've got to be ready. But here's one of the excuses that's pressing on my heart right now. People that say, I'll worry about that when I get there. Although I'll deal with that when I get to the end of my life. Here is the problem with that. There's only one person who knows how many days you have. And it's not you. It's God. The one who created you. The one that puts you on this earth. The one that's got purpose for you. The one that's got a calling for you. Jesus said in verse 13 of Matthew 25, he says, watch therefore. He says, stay alert, be ready, for you know neither the day nor the hour. He says, only the Father knows the time. And when people say, I'll worry about that when I get to the end of my life, I'll, I'll sort that out, I'll figure that thing out, I'll take care of those details. When I get there, here's the problem, you might not have time. It says in Psalm 139, verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed. Look at this, for me. There are days that have been formed. There's days that have been numbered for you. Will you be ready? Are you ready? See, people think that the bridegroom's delayed so that there's time. There's time to do whatever. There's time not to worry about this. There's time to be ill-prepared, unprepared, just do whatever you like and just not come around to dealing with that just now. But here's the problem is you don't know when time is. And I just want to be the type of pastor that's faithful to say to people, I think there's a burden on our church to get people ready to meet Jesus. There's a burden on our, on our church to have an opportunity and an invitation in this church, in this building, literally for people to, to, to receive Jesus and to get ready for eternity. You know, you can prepare for all kinds of things in life, but there's one thing you can be absolutely sure of. You're going to step into eternity one day. (laughs) We've got to be ready. 
Jesus will come back and we must be ready. The Bible says in verse 6, it says, but at midnight, at the, 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 the time of last expectation, the moment, the, the, the last time that people think it's going to happen and Jesus said it'll be like in the days of Noah, when people didn't realize it was happening. There's people out there, the, specifically the universalists, who think that all, all roads lead to God, but they don't. That's a lie. That's, that's deceit. That's the devil putting on a charade. And here's why. And this is why that breaks down. Why would Jesus need to come? If God had a trap door, if God had a back door, if God had a plan B, why would Jesus come the way he did, live the life he lived, die the way he did, and rise the way he did if God had another idea or if there was another way? And we've got to be so careful because the enemy is cunning and he's very good at helping people get deceived. To me, that represents the foolish versions, the one who didn't get ready, the one who didn't confront what was necessary, what was needed at the time. This represents hearts of people who haven't taken God seriously in their life. They've pushed God aside in a spirit of rejection and decided they want to live for the world. They would rather live for the world than think about the one who created them and put them in this world. But here's the beauty of grace is where there is breath. Come on, somebody. There is hope. And as long as people have breath in their lungs, they can hear what we have to say. And we can preach the truth and we can put on a fall festival on a Friday night. We can go to the amphitheater in Good Friday. We can tell everyone that we know about Jesus and say, hey, are you ready? And I believe in this time with all that's happening around the world, people are looking, people are wondering, people are trying to discern, trying to figure out. And I just hope that in the middle of a moment like that, there's a conversation that you have where you get the opportunity to say, hey, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. Let me tell you about Jesus. So number one, Jesus will come back. Number two, be ready. And number three, I believe God is saying today, we got to stay ready. We got to stay ready. We got to stay alert. The reason this parable is here is because God is trying to say to us, be alert. Be ready. Have the, the oil stored up. Have things prepared so that when he comes, he comes and you'll be ready. Oh, we're going to live our lives to the full. We're going to believe. We're going to, have, we're going to enjoy everything that God's given us. But can I just encourage you? We're called to, to be alert as Christians. We're called to, at any moment, to leave everything and go with Jesus. I just recently turned 40 and I feel like I, to use golf analogy, made the turn. <laughs> And I'm telling you, the 40 years that I've lived have been awesome. A lot of heartache, a lot of challenge, but I met Jesus. And I'm looking forward to the next 40 with everything that I have. And I cannot wait to see what God does. But I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready for the next 40, but I'm ready. And I believe that God's calling every single one of us to be ready as well. Psalm 90, this is what Moses wrote. He said, the years of our life are 70. 
or even by reason of strength, 80. So what do we do in the meantime? I believe God's calling us to not be like the foolish ones, but to be like the wise ones, the ones that are alert, the ones that are present, the ones that are ready, the ones that are living ready. As your pastor, I just want to say this to you. Prepare like he won't come back in your lifetime, but live every day like today is the day. It's this tension of, I'm going to prepare, I'm going to get through, I'm going to live my life, I'm going, to use it, I'm going to use it all, I'm going to use everything God gives me, I'm going to live it to the full, but I'm going to also live my life like when I wake up every day, God, if today's the day, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready, Lord, and I can't wait to see what you're going to do. We can prepare like he won't come back for a whole lifetime, but we can also live every day like today is the day. How do you live ready? You pray. How do you live ready? You read the word. How do you live ready? You make arrangements to think and act generationally. Understand that your faithfulness now has an impact in the generations that come after you. I'm making arrangements with God right now for my generations. Oh, this marriage, I want this marriage two generations out. I want this to happen. I'm, I'm setting up marriages right now in my generations. I'm just praying, God, send godly people into the people that come after me. And I'm trusting him. And I believe we can do this right now. We can pray and we can get ready. We can give generously. We can help people. Go and buy a meal in the lobby after the service. This is how we stay alert. We have to know Jesus will come back. But in the meantime, I'm going to live my life ready. I'm going to live my life alert. Would you stand with me? I want to pray. I want to pray specifically for us as a church that we would be the type of church that lives like this, declaring confessionally, Jesus is coming back. And that's exciting. But also living with an urgency, a sense of urgency, a sense of desperation even, that man, there's a message to preach. There's a church to build. There's a city to change with this message of Jesus. God, I just thank you right now. Father, that you love us so much that... You don't, you don't leave us where we're at. Jesus, I thank you for the words that we, that we read today that bring us so much comfort that you love us, that we're not left here alone, but you go and you're going to prepare a place for you, but you're also coming back. And so, Father, we thank you for that truth today. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that it's, it reigns in our lives. And God, we thank you that there will be that time. But until that time, help us to be faithful. Help us to be alert. And help us to be worshippers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.